Greetings and good evening, good afternoon, the good day, however. Welcome to Documentation Not Included, Episode 6.0, Worldwide Game Design Video Game Theory. Try saying that 40 times fast. Thank you so much for joining us here live today on Twitch. For you, those of you who are watching, say hi in Twitch so that we can say hello to you as we introduce our special guest today. Uh, for those of you who are listening in the future, we really hope to see you on our, pod our podcast. Let's see you on a podcast. Wow. We've already started the stream. Good job, Josie. We well, hope well. to see you live in our Twitch chat at some point in time in the future, Thursday nights, 7 p.m. GMT. Now, we have the usual bestest devs ever we have chris yo 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 we have patrick who unfortunately can only breathe through one hole in his body and it's the one he needs <laughs> to talk with today i am and we'll leave that. it to, we'll leave it to you I to am... figure out which hole that is <laughs> today i am uh, dark Pla plagius or uh, servant or nargle all the things that are relating to sickness and just basically being in pain all the time because hey it's Winter. Don't we love winters? Exactly. And of course, I'm Josie. And to match the fact that our guest, Bradley McAvoy James, has a beard. Patrick has a beard, <laughs> as I bunny ear that. And Chris has the epic beard. I decided to also engage in the practice of beard wearing officially. So I am wearing a beard today. I'm complaining about it constantly as well. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know how you all do this. It's just I'm like I'm keep again get hair hair in my mouth. Josie, ah. you're the perfect beard wearer because all of them complain about their beards and they keep like having them and like oiling and stroking and that got weirdly sexual. So let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you can already tell tonight's going to be a good stream. So before I pass it over to Chris, who is going to you know drill our guest a little bit, and again, that just sounds even worse. I want to say a quick hello to, to people in chat. You'll hello to Faradel. Hello to Nubian Prince TV. Hello to Samroxki. Indeed. Samroxki. I might be totally butchering a name. I'm sorry. It doesn't matter. He's, 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 his name's green on my screen, so I can't read it anyway. It's green that, screen. That, it's that odd oh. color that you can't quite get on the white background yes then so anyway make it dark. let's uh let's uh find out a bit more about brad then what uh what who are you what do you do why have you got three names except for... <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so yeah i'll start with the three names uh i got married and uh instead of forcing my beautiful wife to have the name helen james because that's boring we decided to double barrel our surnames so we became Helen McAvoy James and Bradley McAvoy James because, you know, that just sounds cooler. Yeah. Fun fact, we did have a lot of complaints at our wedding where people wanted to call ourselves James McAvoy purely because of the actor, but that's the whole reason we didn't do it. <laughs> it McAvoy people... James, it's a mouthful. Yeah, yeah, but James McAvoy, it's like, oh, you Google our name, suddenly everyone just sees the sees the, the, the actor and it's like, oh, yeah, that's really unhelpful. Mm -hmm. Keep that social media presence, guys, come on. So like, you, you, like you've a... Googled your own name then? All the time. I, I actually googled my own name today, weirdly, for the first time in years, and and some some fat guy came up. It wasn't, it wasn't me. <laughs> no, I, I, I was I, I was just like, no, I don't want to I don't want to have that problem. But no, uh, generally about me, uh, I have been in games pretty much since I can remember. I've always wanted to be in games since I was like four or something. So my whole life was geared towards that. 
nothing really anything i never had a backup plan i'm, mm. I'm a bad example but i knew what i wanted to do so i just did it I went to university um i really wanted to get into to programming uh more than anything and i got to university and i sucked at it <laughs> like i could do it but just not as efficient as everyone else so i did all my work and i began grades but it was just it was a struggle for me so i thought okay you know we can do art so i did art it was better at art, but still not as good as people. So I'm like, hey, look at this really cool thing I've made, guys. And they're like, we've made a whole environment here. It's a forest. I've modeled every individual leaf. And I'm like, I've made a very impressive car. <laughs> I'll, I'll go over there. Um, and that was pretty much it. But what I did find I excelled in was paperwork and writing and generally just doing documentation, research, things like that. So I decided to double down on that. Uh, when I got to my third year, they were like, write a following year project. And I was like, okay. And I wrote something that was equivalent to like two master's theses and not really realizing what I'd done. I gave it to my supervisor, just like, what have you done? Why have you done this to me? So I, I decided to really go in hard on that route. So I started doing consultancy. Right. Um, I started publishing papers uh, in academia. Um, I got picked up by companies in London who wanted a, a creative director for the for the independent projects they were bringing in from uh, America and from Japan and places like that. And I ended up sort of using that money to fuel my master's degree, which I did. And then halfway through my master's, they're like, you know what? We want to offer you a PhD opportunity. So I was like, I mean, hell yeah, I'll do that. So I ended up starting doing a PhD opportunity. That's the time I met. That isn't the response Patrick I would here. have. That isn't the response I would have if someone offered me a PhD. <laughs> I, I... I was... I was wait, just wait, wait. It was have, have you defended your thesis yet, or do we have to call you Doctor Bradley? No, I've, I'm defending my thesis yet. No, I'm in the process. Okay. That will happen in when's the final date? Now September next year. So um, next year, when we have you on, we'll have to call you Doctor Bradley. Probably, hopefully, cross fingers. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, wouldn't that be like Doctor McAvoy James? Don't you like Doctor surname usually? I don't. <laughs> At least Depends in Poland, you say doctor name. Most people everywhere. in this field don't use it anyway, so this is forever. You removed the beard finally. I had hair moving everywhere. It was getting in my. <laughs> it was. It was impacting my ability to talk and to pay attention. And oh my god, does my face itch! Welcome to us all the time. Nah, I've got nah, well past the itching stage. Well past. <laughs> okay, so okay. yes, I think it's icebreaker time, isn't it? It is indeed icebreaker question time. Now, the way we do this show is we can bring guests in and we can talk to them about their favorite programming language. We can talk to them about their favorite IDEs. That's not what we do with our icebreaker. With our icebreaker, I bring a question that has, well, I guess in this particular case, you could apply it to what we talk about, but I try to mix it up a little bit. So my question for you today is this. If you could instantaneously learn and master one skill, what skill would it be and why? And for those of you who are listening in the future and for those of you watching right now, please let us know. We want to see what your one skill that if you could just instantaneously master it, what would it be and why? And for those listening in the future, tweet us at hashtag DNI stream. I want to know. I instantly got one. Uh, the ability to punch people through TCP IP protocol because frankly, <laughs> some people have it. I, 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 I,
I, I ha I, the actually, thing is, I have to say, there's probably an RFC out there somewhere that someone has actually written for something like that. However, I applaud you for going TCP instead of UDP so that you could guarantee that the packets hit, whereas UDP, yeah. you can't guarantee yeah. that the packets hit. I mean, hit. Ob 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 obviously, in like the, I need to be sure of the delivery. To be fair, I will set up for a pimp slapping through TCP IP, so... Uh, I just need to know that my peep slaps are being received, and and that would make me really happy. And I think that would make a world a better place, also. So everyone wins. <laughs> Interesting. Smarksky in in chat has just said something that somebody at my networking yesterday said that they clicked on our um, on my LinkedIn link uh, for the podcast, started listening. They're not technical at all, and they just went, "What the." Are you talking about you? <laughs> no idea whatsoever. So yeah, unfortunately, we do we we've, we we cater for technical people. Really, I think we we thought we were going we to go a little bit. To, yeah, we, we try to teach and educate, but we're going to yeah. have some side projects coming in yeah. for that. In it's it's a shame we can't do anything, but it's it's hard. It's very difficult in this space to do yeah. that. Um, the, the IT world is just too vast. So but... go on, uh, Josie. Go and give us your icebreaker. Then what are you? Uh, What's your answer to it? The one, the one skill that if I could just right now learn it and have it for life and be the master of it would literally be languages. Every possible type of language, whether it's spoken, binary, math, programming language, development language. I want to be able to, in one moment, turn to someone and speak in Serbian, and in the very next moment, turn to somebody and speak to them in Norwegian. And then turn around and be able to take all the things that they're saying and just translate it into some kind of application that would be useful and beneficial. So for me, it's just See, being able to be, I can barely speak proper English. Um, although I tease my husband because he's British and I'm like, you speak an archaic form of English. I think you find it's correct English, and... not proper English. Not it's archaic <laughs> English. I'm sorry, you speak, you speak a very archaic form of English. Americans speak a very modern form of English. This is what I tease him with, mind you. <laughs> actually, actually. He's, up and everything. He's like, ooh, I'm going to dive yeah. in. Well, the thing is, I'm known as the butcher of languages because I, I get my, my words mixed up. Or I, when someone gives me something to pronounce, I get it so horribly wrong. And so it just is an opportunity for me to um, not get that wrong. I, uh, I, I, that would be my I skill. like yours, Josie. I think it wouldn't be my choice only because I don't feel like languages have limited me in my life. One thing that has limited me, well, I say that I'm actually very happily married. Um, and I've got a wonderful, wonderful wife, but chatting up girls. If I, <laughs> if I had... If I had not met my wife, that would be my choice. I would instantly, I'd, I'd want to be able to do that because I would never, I was useless at it my entire, you know, teenage years and, and that. But now... I have to just stop here and think, do you know the easiest way to chat about dating advice from documentation not included here? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that whole branching out thing you were just talking about. I like the yeah, direction. Yeah. The easiest way to chat up a woman or anyone is to talk to them and ask questions. Yeah, absolutely. If you are really interested in somebody, ask the questions to get to know them. That is 100% how you chat up people. But that's it. Mm. You add, everything else it adds is, oh, do we mesh on our thoughts? Do we mesh on our, you know, morals, our but ethics or whatever, but that actually <laughs> that leads me on to what I would what now uh, uh, oh. that's an example of what I would like to master speech. I would like to be able to talk and present and be able to 
perfectly convey my message at all times because I struggle like hell to do that, especially to a non-technical crowd. Um, you, know, I said, you, you know what's the trick to that? Because that's actually, there is, there is a trick to it. You just don't give a shit. Like, you, you, you just keep on talking. When, you're, like, when bread and butter relies on that, when your income relies on you presenting non-technical information to a non-technical crowd, it, yeah. it matters. Oh, <laughs> you oh, have you to just, give a crap. No, 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 no. My point is, like, there is, the, there is a way to do it. And, like, when you stress yourself out about, like, oh, my God, like, I'm not sure, like, how can I explain this to this non-technical person? Like, once you just go easy with a smile and make sure to get, like, confirmations from them uh, that they understand. So, like, you know, looking them into your eye. So, you know, this is how it's supposed to go, right? Mm. And you'll wait for confirmation from them. It's like, it's, it's basically, it's a re really interesting where you find a place where you can match them on how they think, and then you basically lead them to where you want their understanding to be. Uh, but part of it is quite literally not giving a shit and, and being, like, very, you know, Free flowing, smiling, like oh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> like you know, shit, shit happens, right? Like sometimes, you know, sometimes you're gonna be dying on your dying breath, and you try to get the last few words in. Uh, shit's gonna happen, you know. We're not perfect, and uh, trying to focus on the on, on being perfect, I think that's what does you in. So you've had plenty. Of, you've had plenty of time now, Brad. What's your uh, what's your answer yeah. to this? See, I'm mad because my one was stolen completely. Because uh, I'd love to be a master of all languages. One of the things <laughs> I could share really... the power. It would be great. <laughs> One of the things I, I really um, I'm a guy who is obsessed with learning. I love learning things. I love sort of learning like more about things, people. It's it's a curse as much as it is uh, an improvement. Like I'm the kind of guy who, when I've been doing my research, I will find a paper on on, on game theory and start reading it and go, oh, that's an interesting paper about uh, dopamine release in the brain. I'll read that for about an hour. Suddenly, I'm now in deep in the depths of biology, and I'm like, oh, I should be doing a PhD thesis on video games. I probably should go back there at some point. And it's the same thing. I think having a, a mastery of like every language and uh, available would be so helpful. Just to be able to just talk to people at any time, be like, you know, or go up to these Koreans, go up to these uh, Africans or whatever, in any development, just be like, hey, how do you do this? How do you do that? It would be just... It would be a, a dream for me. And just be able to understand all language in terms of like non-binary stuff, so well, like code as well, would also be a huge. That's just creepy. Huge help. That's just creepy. Yeah. I, that as well as as understanding. You said any power. There's any the one. Power. Any skill. one power. Skill, not powers. Skill, skill power. If you if you learned languages, you would have to, by nature, be able to translate it to the culture. So it kind of implies an understanding of culture as well, et cetera. Mm. But yeah. So that's our icebreaker. Yeah. And on to our main topic, which is partially, I think, Fallout 76 and the amazing stories <laughs> going from that. But most importantly, is the worldwide game design and video game fury. I think I got that. What does that theory. mean? Tell me what that means. Worldwide game design. What What's the difference between normal game design? I think it's just very long title to piss me off. <laughs> just so we had to rearrange all our assets this week. Just yep, that's all it is, isn't it? That's all academia is. It's yes. when you come up to them and say, "I've got this really tight, efficient title," and they go, "That doesn't look intelligent enough." You just <laughs> shove a couple more words in, and suddenly they're like, "That sounds amazing." <laughs> you need some adverbs. Oh. It's like, oh, your title is less than <laughs> half a page. Oh, you pleb. You joke, but I, I legitimately was told that by one of my lecturers. It was just literally like, hey, so your thesis title's a bit too small? 
uh, can we add a couple more words in? I was like, but it's it's succinct. It's, it's like telling exactly what he needs. No, 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 it needs a couple more words. Add them in. It sounds more impressive. And I was like, what the? What am I being told? So we have, that, we have that problem in software development where we come up with acronyms to name pieces of software or, or functions and things like that. I came up with one years ago and all it was was a, a database that stored passwords. And they were all hashed. Don't worry, Josie, they were all hashed in, in here. But it just stored <laughs> passwords for a particular thing. And I called it Rapid and it was Resource Allocation and Password Information Database. Ooh, oh, I that's loved beautiful. It. I was, I'm the, yes. the most proud of that acronym out of all of the other ones <laughs> I've ever come up with. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, I think you peaked like from from this one downwards. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so I actually have a big question here. All right. Now we had stated, if you have following us on Twitter, that we are going to sort of be using this crazy stuff that's going on with Fallout seventy six as almost a lessons learned thing. Now, Chris asked a while ago, please, can you get someone from the academia world on? Mm -hmm. Ha ha. We've, uh -huh. we've achieved this thanks to Patrick's help. And what we want to look at is. We don't necessarily want to sit here and go, oh, Bethesda is horrible. Oh, they're scamming people. Everyone's got their opinions on them. And trust me, I think those of us who have been following the story can happily tell you. But what I want to talk about is sort of the technology and the things behind it. So, for example, when you build a game that is multiplayer, where people are sitting on two different devices, so we're not talking about couch games here. We're talking about having netcode inserted. Do you feel, from things that you may have seen within 76, that they got the netcode wrong? Do you think that there could have been things they could have done better for connectivity? You know, three nukes go off and the server crashes. You know? well, I think I think the simple the simple case here is I don't I haven't actually followed it that much the Fallout seventy six stuff. I've known enough about okay. it to know it's a catastrophe. Um, but from what my my understanding is is they've rushed it out. It's as simple as that. They haven't quality tested it. They haven't beta tested it properly. In fact, didn't they do the beta like two weeks before it actually got released? Yeah, I mean about that's that. two weeks in development. I could I could. So that I might write a form in that amount of time. You know, it, it, it's ridiculous Tests. for such a big the, deployment, a big There is a release. place for this sort of betas, right? So a uh, great example is the game that I'm currently working on. We just got on Steam. Yay, shilling. Shameless plug, shameless plug, shameless plug. <laughs> there we go. Links in chat. <clears throat> What's that? Yeah. I didn't hear that. Uh, <coughs> so surprising. Uh, anyhow, uh, and what we're actually doing right now, like we, we got through the certifications and the stuff like that. And the cool thing about Steam is that you can update your stuff fairly painlessly. So you can just toss it in. Once it's accepted, you can just roll updates. And the thing that we're going to test for now, and we actually have closed beta, is. Um, it's like a gameplay balance, right? So we're we're gonna gather beta feedback from people, what they had difficulty with, what was too easy, like is having three enemies in a scene too much early on? Or maybe if it's two enemies and one of them is walking, maybe that's easier. Like, you know, this type of stuff, stuff that like fixing it is like two minutes, like balance stuff. But Bethesda had really huge technical difficulties that they just didn't. Well, see, I want to back you up a little bit there because you mentioned that the, about the beta thing. When you do development, it makes a difference whether you're doing game development or software development. There's different levels of pre-release candidates. Mm -hmm. You know, you have your alphas, you have your betas and things like that. And I think it might be worth taking just a moment to discuss that in relation to games. Mm -hmm. Because 
as an example, for anyone who has actually go back to say a Kickstarter game and has been given access to a game from the get-go as they're building it, they're developing it, as they're trying to create whatever it is that they're trying to create, you know, there is a path to follow. So Academia Man, Mr. Awesome Sauce Man, Paper Man. How it's supposed to be done, yo? <laughs> Out of curiosity, do you, because I know you also teach, but do you have any kind of thoughts about a really solid development cycle for video games? Because they can vary if you've got one person doing everything, mm, and you've got a massive team doing everything, everything... See, this is the this is the big problem with... Probably one of the biggest problems in game development right now, in my humble opinion, is there is a very serious problem with the way in which games are worked on in development time. So a, a big example of, what, of this recently is what went on with Rockstar and Red Dead 2. Um, the whole, we, you know, as our employees did 100-hour weeks and things like that. Um, on the face of it, you see, oh, that's horrible. You made employees work 100-hour weeks. That's terrible. Da, 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 da. And then they come back and say, oh, you know, it was only in, like, the last year or so, and you know, not everyone did it, da, 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 and things like that. Um, but when you scratch further and look deeper in, you see a constant problem going back past, you know, crunch development and things like that, which is where it comes down to right at the start where these companies sit down and they go, we have this proof of concept, we have an idea, we have a thought, we have a development cycle planned out for the next sequel, whatever you want to put it. They just go, right, we, we're going to work on a new product of some description. And then right there and then, they go, it's coming out September 29 or end of 2019 or something like that, or end of 2015 or something like that. They don't do and that. And then that's it. Let's be clear, they don't do that. Their well, no, finances... they, they, do that. They, get, they get told yeah. or they say to appease people, or I should have made that more clear, they appease people by going, it will be out here. Mm -hmm. And then they are either forced to or fail to budget their development time correctly. I can't speak to other sort of uh, media companies, but I can speak for games predominantly because every single time I've been part of a company or had a friend go into the, a company, that's been a consistent problem. They'll go in and they'll say, we have these deadlines. And they'll say, these deadlines are just not feasible. And then people have to work these atrocious times. And that they, it's, it's a snowball effect. Like that decision made by either a company, someone who's got their hands around your company's budget or some sort of massive publisher will sink or swim again. And that's what really infuriated me about um, Bethesda with Fallout 76 because they are their masters. They have their own time. They could have taken their time. They could have been like, oh, you know, we, we developed this in a specific way to um, reach this deadline with a finished product. So they have full control of that. They made it very clear. We've got full control of this. We're going to go in on it. We're going to be great. We're going to be good. We're going to be, you know, this is, this is all going to be... And it comes out and it's what it is. And you think, so, you can't rely on the fact that, that investors bullied you. You can't rely on the fact that publishers bullied you. So with Red Dead, it was kind of like, okay, yeah, I can kind of see people pointing a gun at you behind the scenes being like, get out! And other people... Why, you know, why are Bethesda any different from um, from Rockstar, though, in that instance? Rockstar have enough money to run themselves. They surely they don't do, need investors. But... <laughs> <laughs> they do, yeah. Um, I think what, what annoyed me about it was if you... They turned around and said, oh, yeah, we've been working on this for seven years. And I was like, seven years? Okay, cool. That's amazing. But, like, why are people rushing at the end? Mm. Because, 
uh, uh, like the same happens in the software industry in the enterprise software industry which is where i come from it the only solution to to this in my eyes is something like an agile process where times are much much shorter you don't plan necessarily for a release date in the future you plan for a cycle of release or a cycle of development mm. that gets you a feature or gets you a particular part of a feature done by the next week or the next two mm. weeks now overall yes you can plan but this is a problem i have as a freelancer as well a lot of the time clients want me to go that's going to take me three weeks that's going to take me four months that's going to take it's not possible to do that because whenever i put something down on paper it's never going to stay the same yeah it mm. always changes and it will ne it, it, this this is a process that is is it's the natural process of software it is not possible to plan something out to the absolute nth degree and get a result by a certain time you can have a general idea and yes it's fine if you push things back but stop in this instance unfortunately game companies are they're slaves to the public they're not necessarily yeah. slaves to um uh internal people as much mm, i would i would strongly disagree with you because uh, it could be the case back in a day where you had to go to a shop and buy a physical disc and you know uh printing or whatever you do to make physical copies of a game i don't know the precise name of the process but that takes time and shipping do to shops takes time so in order to hit the release you had to like you had very solid windows nowadays with digital dis distribution i can hit the button and release right now or i can do it in two weeks or i can do it in a month the pressure is mostly from in case of Blizzard and Diablo Immortal uh, being publicly traded company, and I don't know if, if is Bethesda public company, because if it Probably. is, then it would explain a lot. But if they're not, then it's still the matter of of just fat bonuses. It's still a matter of fat bonuses to the CEOs, because if if you're sitting on a giant IP and people literally buy every single shit that you're releasing, that makes you complacent. I mean, like how many how many times people bought the Skyrim? Like yeah. Skyrim on this, Skyrim on that, Skyrim on your fridge, Skyrim on your toaster. No wonder if you're not a gamer, but you're a CEO and you're just like a CEO of a company that sells product and you can sell absolute shit and people still buy it. No wonder that you, I, I see very logical sliding progression into what happened with Bethesda. He's so uh, animated right now. I just want to point out that Patrick's so animated. He gets really passionate. <laughs> The thing is, I, I have to take a step back because we have to remember Patrick is young. CDs <laughs> stopped being produced before he was born. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh so oh if, if, we if we take a moment, as someone for me, because I'm an old lady, I have been around for a very long time. I've been around, you know, back when, you know, three and a quarter discs, five and a quarter discs, those, those three and a half, five and a quarter discs, those kinds of things. I was around when tapes were used, okay? So for me, as someone who doesn't do game development, but does app development, software development, web development, that kind of a thing, I see something happening that I feel goes directly back to what Bradley was saying. Now, yes. In today's day and age, we do have deadlines. It makes a difference what you're doing. You're going to have a deadline. Um, and sprints can be used to create easy runs to, uh, to get to certain features or to work on certain bugs or what have you. Yeah. And there are some really good practices out there. However, there are people 
who firmly believe, and I wishy-washy on this thought, so I'm not firmly in belief of it, but it, it, it holds some truth to it. But I firmly believe because of the fact that digital uh, experiences are digital games or games are available so quickly on that sort of instant download thing, it almost compels certain companies to go, well, we don't have to make the most polished product and we can hit these horrible deadlines with hundreds of hours on uh, the crunch times that are happening for each of our employees because, well, we'll just fix it in a future patch. Or in the case of Bethesda, we'll keep the patches or the issues that had bugs that have been around for multiple versions of our game. So they show up in all the other games. Did but you... my point is that kind of the almost slack, not necessarily lazy, it's but it changes your... Yeah, it is, it is a level of complacency. It kind of does that or I... there's a feeling to that. It's when it bleeds down. That's, that's, when I, that's what bothers me more than anything. Because Define bleed down. So... You've got these big AAA companies coming out and saying, "Oh yeah, we, 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 you know, our employees are grateful to have worked 100 hours, da, 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 all this rubbish." And then, sort of mid-level companies see it and they're like, "Well, if if it's acceptable for them, then it's acceptable for us." And then it goes further and further and further down. So even like you get independent companies who come up and off the ground, like I'm, I'm talking like independent companies who who start off like maybe 10 employees and then got say 40, 50 more, and then they're now making a product. Whether um, they they have they adopt the same mentality when really at that level you should be focusing on you know getting your name out there to get that acclaim to uh really sort of you know kick some butt in the industry and it's really frustrating because there, there is an expectation where even when, when we're teaching they, they said oh maybe we should start uh teaching students that uh crunch or, or all that stuff is is something you should 110 percent always be in and i was like should we though I'm sorry, that was actually brought up in school. Yeah, so one of the things we... You, there wouldn't, be, there wouldn't have been an own game story jams there. And stuff like that, yeah? <laughs> yeah, absolutely yeah, love so them. Games jams became, um, and in, especially in the UK, a lot of the universities started using games jams as a, quote, example of game development. Oh! I absolutely despise that. I, I uh, slight anecdote, there was that this mentality was so strong within the university i taught at that i one year was in charge of looking after uh, the course and for, we brought in a local college of loads of 17 year old students to join us at the university so i was in charge of looking at, and i was on the night shift so i was sleeping there i was basically not getting any sleep anyway over the 48 hours and i remember falling asleep and i will i've said to them afterwards i'll never ever do this again because of this uh i got i was just heard like massive knocking on the door of the room i was sleeping in so i run out and they said, you need to come help us. A man's just collapsed. So I run in. It's a, it's a second year student who's on the floor having a fit. And he's having a fit. And I have to call an ambulance. In they come. I have to call his parents and say to him, I'm very sorry. Or something. I go over to his work desk. You could see the outline of the Red Bull monster cans he'd been drinking of his arms at the PC. Because he had just not left his PC. And it was just crunching. He was fully like engrossed, oh. and he was just and he was just knocking back the the Red Bull just to keep himself awake. And when he came back, like a little while later, he he turned around and said, "Oh no, I just wanted to get it done. I, I was just I was just keep doing. It. I didn't take a break because I needed to do it. It needed to be done. We, we I just, just said, dude, it was a it was a games jam. We discussed yeah. this a few weeks ago. We and had it, a, it, a, a quite a lot of uh, people, uh, quite a lot of opinion, opinions on this, and it's the problem with with a crunch mentality and it does happen in my industry as well occasionally but it's not it's nowhere near as pre prevalent is that it's it's not healthy for anybody and the employers have a 
moral responsibility to make sure that people go home, to make sure that they go home at five and six and see the family and have and, and don't because people in our position, developers love to develop. And if we're developing something really cool, like a computer game, and we've got one little bug that we need to do, but it's a really hard bug to fix, we want to fix it and we'll be thinking about it. And it's healthier for us to go home, think about it at home, or even don't think about it at all and keep it off and then come back and it'll be fixed in the morning immediately. That almost always happens to all of us. Well, see, this is this is the interesting thing for me. Um, I I am very familiar with sort of the blinder mentality. My husband teases me when I go in to go onto a big project and I'm working towards a deadline because he'll be talking to me and I won't remember he has said anything to me at all because my blinders are up and I'm just charging forward. And like you said, I get really into something. Something I have never been taught. In fact, my educational process through my master's degree, in, in fact, almost anti-taught me this kind of mentality, but I have never been taught how to stop mid-flow, put down, shake it off, and move on to something that is other than insert development project here. I have never learned that. In fact, every single job I've ever had where I've done some development, any place, it, I mean, I work for myself now, so I'm a lot cooler. I mean, here I am thinking maybe I should take December off. I would never have done that in the past. Mm -hmm. And even now with me thinking about it, I'm getting shakes because I'm like, but then this one thing, but I have never been taught that. My school and education, the places I've worked pretty much taught me, you are almost always on. There is no shutdown, which is why I have those dreams where I will see lines of code flowing through my brain, all perfectly indented, all perfectly colored, except for that damn IntelliSense that is just staring me in the face. And I'm like, what the hell? And you then sure you're just not unplugging yeah. yourself from the Matrix. That's I, I, I seriously think <laughs> I, I, I probably am properly plugged in. But I will come up with the answers in my dreams, bolt upright, and I cannot go back to sleep. Even if I were to write this down, because Patrick brought up, well, you should just keep a notebook by your bed, because we had mentioned something about this before. Mm. Even if I write it down, I can't. Because I have spent... I'm over 40 people. I'm an old lady. I have spent <laughs> a very long time in my life not being trained how to stop. So mm. as much as I sit there and I go, oh my god, these crunch time things that we're hearing about are terrifying. If I am honest with myself it's not important unknowingly i put myself through the same crunches when i'm in development yeah that's I the big hypocrisy is it we all do it we, we all do, do it because let, let me, and then, okay so let me amend it maybe not just a notebook and notebook and a quarter of whiskey uh, <laughs> but uh, it's really interesting that you say it because um it's it's a thing that is being taught nowadays to, I think, pretty much every single concept artist that uh, is entering the workforce is that in any given day, you have two hours of creative work, six hours of being productive, and anything that you, that you do beyond that is a waste of time and it actively makes your next day less productive. That's good. So, so basically what you do is that the workflow of a concept artist is that I go to office, I make my coffee, first two hours is sketches, bunch of different sketches, you know, highly creative, highly, you know, problem-solving work. I, I send those to approval, we discuss it with the rest of the team, and then I, uh, and then I have, like, we pick what I should develop further, 
And then for the next six hours, like half in a day, I develop, develop them further. And then the hour hits, off I go, see ya. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah. because good. if, because, and, you know, I mean, it, it sounds nice in theory, but, you know, I don't you know, really there's not. There's nothing wrong with doing extra hours occasionally. Occasionally, yeah. and that's well, the key. There's, no, there's, no, there's nothing wrong, but I've noticed that if I do it, I start being resentful. Like, <laughs> yeah, well... Like, it, yeah. There, is, there is this sort of negativity brewing within me, mo mo both towards myself and towards my co-workers because they don't stop me. So it's a, it's a balancing act. You see, so. I'm generally a very productive person in general, in life, not just at work. And I'm usually much Chris more productive. Chris is perfect. I am Everyone perfect. should be aware. Chris yeah. is absolutely perfect. You know, I was I said that in a, a, a presentation I did yesterday, and then uh, pressed the wrong slide. Ladies and gentlemen, you made yourself you kicked through the door. And went, I am perfect. Let me <laughs> wrong presentation. <laughs> oh wait, that's I'm still perfect. Well, he's perfect in his imperfections. We know so this. I, I've, that I was can, just the comedic time. I can compartmentalize my work very well these days, but I've learned from my own mistakes. I've, I, when I was very young, I think I was 17 or 18, uh, I was running an IT department for a, a very small company near to where I live now, actually. And they took the mick out of me, basically, and they paid me a very small wage, and I was working all the hours of God sends. And then one weekend, a raid controller went down on a... a uh, hard drive uh, on one of the servers sorry and all the hard drives failed at the same time <clears throat> so i spent 48 or 72 hours up in reinstalling the servers getting everything working and then on monday i was about an hour away when the boss walked in from where i needed to be so it was exactly like it was on the friday when it actually went down and he said is it done yet and i didn't get a thanks I'd, I mean, he'd, he came in at the weekend as well and saw that I was there, so he knew that I'd done the work, and it wasn't my fault. That that I mean, I was very young when that happened in my career, but I've had one or two other instances where people have pushed me to try and do extra work outside of an agreement or outside of um, uh, outside of my obligations, at least. And sometimes I'll do it if it's my fault. I will definitely do it. You know, if it's something that I've done wrong, it needs fixing and it's urgent. Or if there's a hard deadline, you know, people are, are leaving an office and, it, and, and the, the, the windows are, sorry, the doors are getting all locked, etc. And it needs to be done by now, then yes, it will done. But otherwise, it's not healthy in the slightest for anybody. It's not healthy for you, your family, your wife, your kids, whoever you've got in your life. My favourite one is your thanks is that you get paid. I was genuinely told that once. I, I did. Fuck I did a week. Yay! <laughs> yeah. I, I was okay, working for a company, and they told me, "Yeah, all of us." <laughs> no, I was. I was. I'd flown out to America for this game company. Um, I had, hot and angry. Much, we pretty much sold out the state of Indiana of the the game we were working in because it was a physical card game as well as a um as as well as video game. Uh, I worked my ass off. Like, I didn't take a break the entire week we were there. Like, I did not take a break during the day. I woke up, went straight to the convention theater, sold the game, gave demos, talked to people. The other designers went off and did, like, talks for, like, YouTube videos. The CEO went off to do CEO stuff, and there was me on the front line with the team who were demoing the game. I was I was giving judge advice, showing people to play the game. I just didn't stop. I didn't take a break or anything. And I, did, and I didn't expect a thank you. I knew they would never give me a thank you. But I got back home, and then instantaneously they were just like, right, you're now driving a van to mid of the UK on, like, jet lag. And I was like, oh, and I get, I've never driven a van before, whatever, I'll do it. So I did it. I got there. I was absolutely knackered. And I, about two days into this other convention, I was coming back from America. I turned around and said, 
hey, um, you know, it's 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 uh, fine doing this, but like no one said to me like, oh, good stuff, Brad. I appreciate you doing that. And then th my producer generally turned to me and said, you're, you're being paid a wage, right? And I was like, uh, yeah. And he goes, well, that's your thanks from the company. And I was like, no, that's wanna... the company's obligation to me as a human yeah. being. Thank Do you, you want to run that by me again? To be fair, this was the same company that told me that I wasn't allowed to be proud of my work because pride leads to arrogance. So they didn't want arrogant people working. Oh, yeah, I, have, I haven't told you that story, dude. Yeah, that, Bradley, was, this is this uh, yeah, story. It was just so, a, a slight tangent, but I, I worked on... They brought me in, and within like the first two months, they were like, oh, we're, we're complete, we don't know much about card games. Can you, save us? Can you save us and add some stuff into the game? I made like... 250 card prototypes or something like that. I, I don't remember. It was, it was a ton of prototypes. And eventually some of them got accepted into the game. They were going to be printed. I saw the preprints for them. I balanced them and everything. I was, I was super proud of them. And I was just having a conversation with a colleague saying, oh man, I'm so proud. I've only been here a little while, but the designs I've put in as, as like a sort of balancer slash mid-level designer is going to be in the game. They're going to be printed. I'm going to frame them and put them on my wall. I'm so proud. And I'm, I'm really happy that the design team, we all came together and put them through. It's really cool. Um, and I got Next day, I got called by uh, a producer to come to a side room, and he sits down and he puts his hand on my shoulder and he goes, "So it's come to my attention that you uh, you've been telling people you're proud of the work you've been doing here." And I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm so proud. We worked really great as a team. It's coming along really well. I feel like I'm adding something." He goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you not do that because uh, we don't want that kind of person working here?" And I was like, "Can you clarify what you mean by this?" And he says, "Oh well, you see, prideful people that that leads to being very arrogant." And if you're an arrogant person, you, you won't last very long at this company. And I was like, oh, see you later then. Bye. I was like, oh, you, I, was like I, turned around, I said to him, genuinely, I said to him, respectfully, I disagree. Uh, I feel like having some pride in what you do is important, especially if it's something that you care about. And in no way was I taking credit for anyone's work. I understand it's not, it's not, a, a, this isn't a vacuum. I don't make the card and it just magically appears. There's artists, there's, there's UA, UX, UI people, which is I'm part of that and as well, but I didn't really set the point, but uh, you know, I, I was involved for a lot of it and I, I was proud of the, what I've achieved. And he goes, well, we'll have to agree to disagree then. And he sends me back to my desk. And, uh, after that, he then said to me, every email I ever sent, I need to CC or BCC him into it to check and see if I was still being arrogant. I, 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 for a long while, I was like, this, I knew it wasn't, to be fair, I knew it wasn't right straight away, mm. but I was, I was blinded. I had blinkers on. I was so happy with what I was doing that I took it. And then it was later on when it, I would, I'd, I'd left the company. I was just like, oh my God, that was, I should have just left. I should have just left. You know what? That was, that was toxic as fuck, honestly. Yeah. Like, it was it's genuinely, like, I... I'd never before. I am good at what I do, and I have the right to be proud when I do a, a good job exactly. of something that I do. I am a little bit arrogant, but I'm not a twat with it. I'm not yeah. a twatty <laughs> arrogant person. That's the difference. I'm proud yeah, and I'm perfect, I but I'm not. I was amazing. <laughs> do you know what the best thing was? The best thing was. So you remember I said, but that there was someone had it brought it to his attention. Um, the person who brought it to attention was an artist. It was a woman who drawn the art for the card that I designed. And she assumed that I was saying to this other work colleague that I had made the whole card, as in, like, its layout, its picture. When all I'd done is just prototype what it did, its numbers, its stats, and all that sort of stuff. And, and she then went and said to this producer that I was taking credit for her work. And I was like, I said to, and then eventually when I found that out, I said to her, you do realize the company won't even let me install paint on my PC, right? 
How the hell could I have made the art for the car? I have no art things on. Why would you even think that? Like, that's oh. so ridiculous. Like, what? It was just, it was completely bizarre. I've okay. never ever seen that, but it was here just come, so... Here, here comes Patrick's mind reading. So, the, the, <laughs> the company seems to have such a toxic uh, situation that probably shit like that happened before. Yeah, like, maybe she probably. threw some stuff, and then the art lead was like, oh yeah, I totally made those. Probably, I mean, yeah. shit like that happens, so, you know. It was, it was but genuinely... And what, what surprised me was, is that was a very harsh example, but it goes back to what I, I mentioned before about um, how this, this culture sort of bleeds down. Is, is I, I've got friends of mine who are currently working at Rockstar North, and I, I had a chat to them when the whole uh, thing came up, and they said, like, and they said, officially, you know, we're not really allowed to talk about it, despite everything else. But unofficially, I can legitimately say that what you're experiencing is very similar to stuff that I've seen experiencing within Rockstar. I can't tell you what it was, and then they kind of went wink, wink. Yeah. I can't tell you like who it was to, but it is a thing we have, have seen before, and it and it concerned me because it was so normal in, in the company I worked for. It was so. It was just every day. It was like an, it was just kind of like they just like yeah, this just happens occasionally, right. and I was just like, okay. That, all right, uh, we're Here gonna have to stop talking about this. We, we will. We will. For those of you who are listening in the future, you haven't seen it, but Chris has been steadily through this discussion, getting more and more agitated to the point where he is having to wipe his brow from the frustration. He is absolutely. <laughs> he collapsed. He just had blue screen of death right here and now. So, okay, so I'm going to interrupt with a couple of things. Um, one, we are running out of time. Yes. <laughs> we are at some point in time, we're going to have to, last week on our show, we did weird dev stories. I have a feeling we're going to have to dedicate a show to nothing but horror stories and accolades in our development careers and just have the four of us sitting there talking. It, it may have to happen. <laughs> just I rolls up your sleeve like, right, let's yeah. go. Alright, let's, let's do this. Let's How bad now, can you uh, go? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, um, for one thing I'm going to throw out here that hopefully will calm Chris down. Uh, I, my, 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 my hope is that there will be some joy when, when I finish this, but when we're talking about the whole crunch concept with development and things like that, there is a game jam out there that I actually would recommend people to participate in, and it's Pirate Jam. Are you familiar with Pirate Jam? I remember Pirate Jam. You should know Pirate Jam. So, American McGee, the creator of Alice, the creator of In the Woods, um, American McGee holds roughly once a year a pirate jam, and I believe it's in Singapore? Shanghai? I think it is in Singapore. I think it might be in Singapore. But the entire purpose behind the game jam is this. You work together in your teams, you come up with your concepts, but in order to work on them, you kind of need electricity. So you are using boats to travel from island to island. You have to stop and play games with whiskey and stuff like that. And it is actually set up in a way where you have your dedicated crunch, push down time. And then the rest of the time, you are in the most gorgeous place on this planet. You are sailing on ships. And it, I think it kind of forces you out of that, I have to work and code for 72 hours straight to the point where I die in my chair to please somebody who's only thanks to me and is paying me cash. 
So there is a really good game jam out there. And if it's something you're interested in, he's got it. I think it's actually happening soon or has happened. I can't remember, but uh, it has, check it. I think it it has really just happened for this year. Yeah. Yeah. But it's really cool because you just fly out there and you're on ships sailing all over the place. It's really hard <laughs> to do nothing but crunch your game out. And it's a week-long adventure. Mm, so yeah. there is something good to come of it. And the games they produce are great as well. That's, that's the cool thing. Like Most of them are always cool. Or awesome, yes. or inventive in some way. Yes, and they usually have somebody on department. I think it's from Unity, uh, actually, like one of the Unity developers or things who's usually present, or one of the game design engines who is uh, present and things like that. But we are at the point of the show where I am afraid to ask. We have a section of our show called RTFM, which stands for Read the Fucking Manual, where we kind of use it as a way to sort of spitball and rant out something that is ever so slightly frustrating and just kind of get it off our chest before, you know, continuing on with life. Patrick, do you have an RTFM today? I mean, I don't know. We already made, made so much raging that I don't know that uh, Spikey can hold that. Like, I, I genuinely don't feel like introducing any more negativity into his life. Uh, I've stopped listening. But... Sorry. What were you saying? <laughs> He's, he's blocked it out. He's Honestly, sick. as you were talking, all these flashbacks were coming back to me. All these things that have happened to me over my career and all of these unreasonable idiots that I've come across that have had, that just haven't thought about the human element of what they're doing. And Absolutely. That's, that's the thing. It's everybody. Humans are needed to do all of the work that you need to do to make your money. So treat them like fucking humans, for God's yeah. sake. You know? Don't... Uh, Okay. Don't, don't look down so, at somebody when they leave the, the office at four o'clock and everyone else decides to leave at six o'clock because they want to, you know? It's it's their choice. Just Right. Yeah, he, he, we found his trigger word. Okay. <laughs> everyone, everyone together, deep breath in and Woosa. then out. Woosa. <laughs> exactly. Woosa. Woosa. So, are we Patrick finishing? <laughs> we, we, we're definitely getting to the point of finishing. I am going to give Patrick, so no RTFM for you? Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess not. Excellent. No. I, I can, I can give a, I can give one if you want. Go for a really quick one that hopefully won't make his blood pressure rise <laughs> so, anymore. When I, when I was, uh, I worked for a small company in London as a creative director of the company, um, and they turned around to me and said, "Hello, uh, we need you to redistribute uh, this game, cultural localization." Um, uh, for we for a PSP game for potential release on tablet and phone, uh, we want you to do that. Can you do that? And I said, uh, I, you know, I, yeah, sure, I can do that. I'm the, the creative director. I should be able to do that. So that, I say yes, and I didn't quite understand what I was saying yes to at the time because I assumed they'd be reasonable. And then they turned around to me and said, so uh, here's the game. It is a Monster Hunter-esque game, but the premise is that you are a small human being shrunk into a human body, and you have to fight off diseases while repairing the human body from the inside. And I was like, that sounds amazing! It's a Monster Hunter game, I love Monster Hunter! And they said, great, you have two weeks to completely redesign the whole systems to be on uh, phones, including a whole new brand new UI and control system, and can you also culturally localize it and do a bit of translation? Okay, thanks, bye, and then they put the phone down. And, and implement it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I remember, I remember, I, I was in the call, I was in a Skype call with my other director, the guy uh, from Japan who was working called Hifumi-san, who worked on the um, Clock Tower series uh, of video games, and he just went, 
Akimasu! And then just from the call, <laughs> what the hell? Just, like, it was, and I, and I was so there, I remember being like, uh, did they just not, did they just not realize how much, because at the time, I, I was still, I was finishing my masters while also starting to go into my PhD. So I was there, it was 2013, I remember being like, I, I, I don't know how to respond to this. Like, so the next day I called up the guy and was like, hey, so um, just put it out there. That's an atrocious amount of work. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just like, whoa, <laughs> whoa. Okay, you're looking okay. at it. And uh, and uh, I, I I did I did it to the best of my ability. But then when I sent it back, it was on the, the the exact 14 days later. Sent it back to them, and I got a message that said, "This is barely passable." And I was like, "You, <laughs> yeah." I okay. think I was bleeding out of my eyes by the end of it. Now, it's understandable that non-technical people don't understand how long some technical things take, and it is our responsibility to make sure that's clear. Yeah. Yes, but if they, don't, if they choose not to listen, and they're the ones that sign the checks, and they're the ones that make the high-level decisions, what can you do? So, Chris, do you have an RTFM? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I've had enough. I've had enough today. This was a brilliant yeah. podcast until about ten minutes ago, fifteen yeah. minutes. Ago. Oh, can I have anti RTFM? Can I have something positive? Yes, give us something oh. positive. Patrick, okay, then I'll give so, you my RTFM. So, for those who may or may or may not know, uh, I've been working in game development for six years, and so it happened that I never released a video game because I was always hired to work on other people's games, and I'm usually. So sorry. And usually projects would get cancelled or die or run out of budget. That's why you get paid on a weekly basis. I'm so uh, sorry, Patrick. Stop exposing me. So <laughs> I, like I also way work on Gandhi with Bradley, but that was because like a, a programmer sort of bailed on us. But anyhow, so uh, despite being quite uh, experienced game developer and doing all those crazy shit, I never really finished the game. So that's kind of weird. And... Today, the first game that I finally finish, I'm finally finishing, and it's getting on Steam. And I gotta tell you guys, just just like seeing the assets, yeah, seeing like I wrote that text for the like it's on the Steam <laughs> store, like that list, like I made that, and like that icon, like I, I did that icon, and that's fucking cool. And then like you launch it, and it's like all fucking working through Steam. It's like. Wow, a, a thing that I made is now like out there and everyone can see it. It's like on the biggest VC gaming platform ever. And and so far, like people are very positive. I mean, God, I hope it sells. I'll, uh, I'll tell you what. <laughs> that is, that right there, that one statement pretty much sums up development and software in general. It was what so I positive that it was so many cells. I feel the best way to congratulate you, Patrick, is to remind you that you also still have somewhere in a game lines of code that say Kuva. Yeah. So, <laughs> there is 42 of them. <laughs> there is that. Oh, you killed him again. Okay, so. My, so... my RTFM. I just oh, have sorry. one thing to say. Uh-oh. If you have a repo that you are responsible for and that you maintain, please do not just randomly hand the admin keys and publication keys to your repo to somebody you don't know because that is horrible. It is a security risk. And so help me God view JS CLI. Event stream. Uh, <laughs> 
Event stream, Bitcoin Event stream, mining. Bitcoin mining. Yep, it's oh. a pain in the butt. Please, 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 please be responsible with your repos. <laughs> yes. Okay, so we have come to the close, the show close. Um, I would normally at this point invite uh, a guest back. Um, however... <laughs> oh, like, no, no, no. We'll not be able to handle it, so we're not doing that <laughs> No, in all oh, seriousness, it's, be been, it's been a wonderful stream. I've really enjoyed it, apart from the, the old uh, the stress and the, the heat levels uh, that this room has got to. Um, so have you got anything that you want to pimp? Have you got any, have you got a Twitter you want to tell people about? Have you got any... Yeah, you, um, you can find me at Coupo. I tweet musings about game design development, uh, occasionally uh, plug my thesis, retweet cool stuff that's happening in my area or any game that I'm currently uh, looking into or playing. Uh, other than that, uh, I, uh, that's really it for me at the minute. I'm currently looking for more development work. I'm just writing up my final bits of my thesis now and I'm just really sort of getting to the point where academia has burnt me out. So I'm looking for places to start trying to get to work in the industry again because I do miss it. It's been a while since I've uh, been uh, been in development and I do I do miss it. I just want to work again. I'm itching to get out there because like oh, you said, man, I, I you know, you know you're good at something. You just want to keep doing it and I know I'm good at stuff. Like all the companies I work for have been like, yeah, you're, you're great. Just, you know, we run out of funding or whatever. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah, other than that, I just want to plug Patrick's game again because everything I've seen about it looks actually awesome. Yeah, it does. It looks look like a really VR good. game I actually want to play, apart mm -hmm. from VR chat, and that's just because I wanted to roleplay as Ugandan Knuckles. <laughs> well, see, this this is where I turn to Patrick and I go, Patrick, I absolutely love you, darling, and dearly. Do you happen to have a VR headset you feel like shipping over to me? Uh, I'm sure you can get one on that's company the accounts. only thing stopping me from doing anything in the VR world is the fact that I, I really want an HTC Vive so if you would be a really good boy and send that my way I would be a happy girl and at which point in time I could try your game along with Beat Saber because I really want to play Beat Saber as well so fun. Yeah, everyone yeah. loves Beat Saber but, uh, the, no, but your game you have it looks good but looks I better. can't play it because yeah. of technological yeah. limitations but the, the prices are are dropping so i think nowadays you can get like htc vive new headset for 400 used probably for 200 even so it's yeah. looking more and more like if you think about it about because you know like nowadays like gamers like solid gamers they have beast pc and then a console or two because exclusives so think about it as just another console yeah. like i said there is a way to see it like that yeah yeah. Well, the, it's all about perspective. I mean, at the same time, we could. Uh, well, that's a whole other topic it for is. a whole other <laughs> How about if I prevent Chris's blood pressure from rising even further due to the state that I was just to say, uh, <laughs> etc. But uh, yes, so uh, please do me a favor, everyone. Go visit dnistream.live. It's our live website. You can find links to our Discord, our GitHub repo, because we actually publish stuff there. A uh, podcast link will be coming because you can actually listen to us through a podcast, and you don't always have to be present, although we would love to see you join us Thursday night, 7 p.m. GMT, for documentation that included as we literally cover everything from technology, security, game dev, app dev, 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 dev. See, <laughs> I told you I'm a butcher of languages. I can't speak English today. Um, and also, if you go to dnistream.live and you want to be a guest, you can just go to our contact form and reach out. Come talk to us. Come debate with us. See if you can't get Chris's blood pressure to lower. <laughs> 
we have some cool guests lining up, right? For the next two or three. Well, we do have some interesting ones. So the one we were going to have next week, we're going to be talking about what the interview process is like and talking about one of the topics that I really want to dig into, which is known as the interview process, brain rape. Unfortunately, our guest has required um, a bit of a vacation, perhaps because we've stressed them out already because they are a previous guest. Uh, they'll be joining us in January instead. So next week's topic is a little bit left open. If you think you've got what it takes, you can come join us. Or it may be us strange people, me, Chris, and Patrick. I don't know. Maybe we might invite Bradley back, although I might need to get blood pressure medication for Chris if we're going to do that. <laughs> Uh, we'll see. You, you sponsor incoming, like a blood pressure thing? <laughs> <laughs> Halfway through. Yeah. Um, just call... work. Take these pills. I make you feel great, see? If you yes. think about it, we're like the perfect platform to adver advertise medication because all of the developers <laughs> are dedicated and this is development podcast. It's perfect. Send <laughs> us money. Give no. us money. I, no. hear the, I hear the adverts now. Are you feeling stressed out at the desk <laughs> work? Take Primetafloxifene. It'll only make your eyeballs bleed a little bit. Do you like, do you need to work extra hours because your employer is a complete twat? Adderall. Adderall, go. Also, Adderall sponsor. Let's go. I mean, dude, I I would gladly sell drugs for money <laughs> legally. That's, it's enough of that, right? Let's move on. Come on. All right. Yes. <laughs> So anyway, next week's topic is going to be up in the air until I either find somebody who wants to come on and share their thoughts, experiences, and their livelihood. But December 13th, we have Hamid joining us from Axosoft, and we're going to be talking about what it is to take an idea or a concept for software, it could even work in games, and take it from idea to something that actually puts money in the bank. Cool stuff, cool stuff. So uh, that'll be December 13th. Now, until then... Yeah, until then, you can find us on Twitter, uh, at DNI Stream, where we post things we post usually, which are mostly dev-related, but also podcast-related. And I'm pretty sure that if I get my hands on Twitter credentials, I'll be posting tips for how to cure yourself, mostly with the use of alcohol, because <laughs> this is about the only thing on my mind now. I'm, I'm in pain. I'm dying. Please help. <laughs> wow alright <laughs> right so yes massive thank you to Bradley massive thank you to Josie massive thank you to Patrick we have had I've actually had a great podcast to be honest as much as hey. I've uh, as much as I've whinged uh, and got angry but that's this is my catharsis so I, what can I say you know yes and we want to say hello to you Milso to Banana Bread what a great name Billy Jones, Gwent, I see you. That's my husband. <laughs> Samatsky, which I'm, of course, butchering. Drake and Faradel. Well, we've got I'm Runal and Bid the Dog and Pseudonym. I wonder who that is. And a whole bunch of others that I may have missed. I do apologize. But thank you so much mm -hmm. for joining us. We will see you next week where we talk even more crazy things and, I guess, basically drive Patrick crazy. Maybe Chris will be cured by then. Either that or he might be dead, at which case, Bradley, if you're looking for podcasting work. What can I say? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a perfect podcast guy. Can you hear that? Can you hear my pulse? He's sucking his tongue. <laughs> I'm not dead yet, son. How dare you? <laughs> yes, right. Goodbye, everybody. Good night at doc from uh, documentation, not include whoever the hell we are. Who thanks are we? for having me, guys. Bye. 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 <laughs>